Hello, everyone. Thanks for joining us, and welcome to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. And we're live. Everybody, thank you for tuning in to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. We have another exclusive one-on-one interview coming to you, and I know for those of you who are regulars to the show, might be a little bit thrown off that the interview came out on Wednesday this week. This is being released Wednesday, and you guys are probably thinking to yourself, why isn't this being released on Monday? That's when you normally release the interviews. Well, we did this for two reasons. Number one, our guest today, uh, him and his company, that he's co-founded, they launched their new website on Monday, and they wanted to make sure they had all the bugs fixed so that you, the listener, could go check them out and not have any problems viewing their site, which is going to be awesome if it's any better than their current site. Their current site looks good to me, but they're making even more improvements, so be sure to check that out. And the second reason we are releasing this on Wednesday is because our guest today, Michael Humaneski, it is his birthday, uh, so we wanted to release this kind of as a special gift to say happy birthday to Mr. Michael. So, Without further ado, let's get into it. So Michael Humaneski, he is one of the co-founders of Mobel Muscle. Now, for those of you who are any bit interested in fitness, if you guys are trainers, if you guys are CrossFit uh, competitors, or if you just like to go work out, you are going to be very interested to hear what Michael has to say in our interview today. Him and his partners have founded a company that has created a barbell that is mobile. It doesn't require you to have a seven-foot-long carrying case. This thing breaks down into different pieces and allows you to be mobile with it. It's an incredible, incredible product. I cannot personally wait to go meet up with Michael as he lives in Chicago. I'm going to go meet up with him in the city at the beach to get in a little workout and try this thing out. I'm really pumped to see how it works. But He talks about starting a business. He talks about going to business school. He talks about the power of mentors. He talks about the power of brainstorming and how that helped him and his partners come up with different ideas for their businesses. This interview is a great one, guys. If you guys love the previous interviews, this one is no different. So sit back, strap in, and get ready for my wide-ranging conversation with Michael Humaneski. Enjoy. You are listening to the Yield Mastermind Talks podcast. Enjoy the show. Today's episode is sponsored by Rocket Fuel 101, the six steps to take you from where you are to where you want to go. This is one of those books that basically takes all the things that are being shared on the podcast, puts them into a practical, applicable form, applicable kind of framework that's going to allow you to pursue your passions, dreams, goals, whatever it is you're trying to accomplish in your life at this point in time. It's going to take that, put it into a framework, and help you get there. And just for tuning into the show, go to the Rocket Fuel 101 in numbersbook.com, the Rocket Fuel 101book.com put the book in the cart, type in promo code podcast. Once you get to the checkout, you are going to receive 25% off 
any and all purchases from that site just for tuning into the podcast. Again, go to therocketfuel101book.com, buy the book, enter promo code podcast. You're going to receive 25% off any and all purchases. This is one of those books that's literally going to transform your thinking. You can see a bunch of testimonials on the site. There's some informational videos and a bunch of goodies there. Check that stuff out. See for yourself what the hype is all about. You want to get yourself a copy. Don't be late to this party. Again, promo code podcast is going to get you 25% off any and all purchases. And I'm just going to say now, enjoy the book because we know you will. Okay, sweet. Michael, how you doing, man? Doing well. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course, of course. We are, I mean, I should say me, I am very excited to kind of dive in today. And I know that, uh, you know, you listeners out there, this is going to be a fantastic show for you as Michael is entrepreneur, started his own company. He's a veteran. We're, we have a lot to talk about today. So, Michael, if you wouldn't mind, just kind of st- uh, start us out at the beginning. You know, what kind of led you to become the Michael that you are today, you know, starting your own company, all these things, what kind of led you down that path? Definitely. I think it was like growing up, I, I always had the kind of the bug. My parents fostered a lot of it in me. And so I always knew I wanted to do it. I honestly just didn't have the guts to do it out of college. Mm. So out of undergrad, I went into management consulting, strategy consulting, and did that for a long time. Learned a great deal. It was an incredible job. But I still always had that push that I needed to start something. So, uh, and I wanted to do less kind of consulting and more creating and actually developing something. So I made the decision to jump ship, go to business school and met a group of great guys that we started our mobile muscle with. Fantastic. Fantastic. And so uh, I guess let's take it back to the beginning. So you said your parents fostered a lot of this in you. What were some of the major lessons that, that they taught you? Because you know, like you, I was lucky enough to have parents who kind of fostered that same thing within me. And it's funny that you brought up the uh, the scared to do it right out of college. I'm Man, I'm in that same boat. Uh, it's crazy. You know, we know the path that we want to go on, but yet it's still so scary to take that leap. But not everybody has that upbringing. Not everybody has those parents who are fostering this idea of entrepreneurship and kind of creating your own stuff. So what were some of those big lessons that they taught you? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think probably one of the biggest ones is if you... Uh... I mean, it was a, a military family. So if you wanted something, you had to work for it. So mm-hmm. I wanted a lot of things, and there was no other way to get it other than making money some way, somehow. And that was probably one of the big ones, keeping me accountable and also kind of just being a support system for if I wanted to start something, maybe they would, I mean, buy me the lemonade stand for it, and then I could pay them back for it type of thing. That's awesome. That's awesome. And so, you know, going into undergrad, uh, you know, you said you had this bug, but you didn't quite take that leap once you left. What were you studying in undergrad, and what was the college experience like for you? Right, yeah. So undergrad, I went to uh, Miami University, and I studied entrepreneur, or excuse me, uh, marketing and business, and a minor in American studies or ethnography, so kind of the study of people. Okay. And I right away got a gig working at a, a consulting firm on the summer and actually I worked my way through college doing 20, about 20 hours a week and it was just a great job it was I, I continued to learn for it so I was working a lot but that also gave me an incredible college experience because I had cash flow <laughs> which is something that not all college students have 
Exactly, exactly. Um, so, and it was just like a continual learning experience, learning business, learning uh, different strategies for various types of business models. So it was great in terms of a learning atmosphere as well as what the actual education from Miami gave me uh, and the network. Yeah, and so, you know, speaking of that network, I mean, as you were in school or maybe during the summers or whenever you were doing this consulting, were there any mentors or people that you really looked up to that kind of popped into your life at that point? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, mentors and kind of advisors, I think, are the key to growth, like pretty much in any scenario, whether it's just kind of growing up. I mean, my parents were mentors to me at that point. At school, I had mentors. And while I was working during school and in the summers, I had mentors that I still talk to every other month, probably still to today. So they've stuck with me. They've continued to kind of watch my journey and help my journey go. And I, I honestly believe that having those types of folks in your life is one of the fundamental critical success factors of being of continuing to grow and being successful. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm in total agreement with you. That's been one of the staples throughout my journey as well. And you know, with these mentors that you had, were they sharing with you any other lessons or anything that was really valuable to you? You know, outside of what your parents had instilled in you that if you want something, you got to work for it. Were there any other major lessons that came out of these uh, these mentors that you had during that undergraduate period in college? Yes, I think there was. I'm trying to think of a, a real solid one. One of our, my advisors said, go where you can do your best work. So, mm. And that, that's multifaceted. So it's go where you can do your best work. That's kind of somewhat natural to you, but as well as it's your best use of energy. There's, th- there's plenty of things that I do still today that aren't necessarily my best use of energy. And we're, those are things that we're trying to solve with the business. Maybe we're going to bring someone in for those things, but go in where you can do your best energy. And I just truly wasn't using my energy when I was uh, to the full, full kind of utilization of when I was in consulting and I was finding outlets and other ways to get there, kind of be both in terms of like satisfaction as well as feeling good about what I was doing. Yeah. And, and so as you're you know coming out of this college period or maybe while you were even in college, did you have any, you know, big dreams, aspirations or companies that you, you know, wanted to start Whether you know, were you basically in another field or, or was your head in another space than, you know, what you're doing currently with mobile muscle? It was a, a little bit. So I, I kind of, so kind of read a lot of books on trying to be ultra performing in, in some way or not, and, or looked at different methods of doing so and tracking and tracking is one of the big ways to do it. So I had a lot of different ideas that I was working at. 20 hours for my consulting company. I was bartending. I was in a fraternity. I was doing these double majors in this college program. So trying to figure out exactly like these kind of life tracking. And I, one of my big ideas when I was going into actually business school five years later that I had been kind of developing through my time from college and post undergraduate before business school was this kind of life coach tracking more or less and trying to develop an app. Okay. And it's funny you bring that up because that's, you know, I think we're all, or I can't say we all are, but I know for me, at least that's kind of how I was as well. I mean, you know, you, you have these ideas and, you know, it's one of those things that has transitioned me into kind of, you know, putting on this podcast and having, you know, awesome guests like yourself on is trying to help people in this life coach environment. And, it, you know, when whenever anybody says life coach, I mean, you kind of like twinge a little bit because there's so many people out there that claim to be life coaches, but there are actually people like, you know, like 
I'm sure what you were doing and some of these mentors and advisors that you have that really do add value in that space. And so I think, you know, for those of you listeners that are that are taking this in, it's important to have advisors and mentors and things of that nature. Um, but you definitely want to do your homework and make sure that these people are adding value. And so, I mean, you talk about being a bartender, you talk about having this 20 hour a week job, you're in a fraternity. I mean, what were you doing to manage your time through all this? Honestly, it was a lot of scheduling. It was scheduling like crazy. I'm, I'm also ADD and ADHD, and that can lead to problems if I'm not uh, <laughs> scheduled and, and following it. Uh, if I, I don't have it planned, if I don't plan, basically, I I can drop a few things here and there. Yeah, yeah. I'm man. I'm with you in that camp. It's one of those things. We we did a podcast recently about the freedom of scheduling, and really, you know, people have this idea that scheduling is kind of this thing that holds you down. But in fact, it, it's one of those things, in, in my opinion, that frees you up to feel creative in the spaces that you've you know, really made for yourself to do what you're scheduled to do, right? Absolutely. And, and running a business now, it's hugely important for me, cause, and, and it's a matter of also being disciplined in your scheduling. Uh, I, I've read the same things where the people think that scheduling deteriorates kind of your whatever you're doing. But if I... Being, and a lot of people will say this as well, like if you're a perfectionist with what you're doing, you could, I could spend on one of my activities that I really have booked for an hour and a half the whole entire day on. Mm. There's so many things that you have to be doing when you're running a business that you just can't. You have to, you have to call it quits at some point and move on to the next thing. You got to get it to a point where you can stop and take your brain away from it and move on. And a schedule for me helps doing that. Yeah, most definitely. And, and so, you know, transitioning out of undergrad, you're working this job. And, you know, at, at some level, you probably aren't fulfilled, uh, but I, I'd like to hear it from you. So what prompted you to go back to business school? I mean, you're working this job, but you want to go a different direction. So what prompted that? I think, I, so I always knew I wanted to go back to business school at some point. And a lot of that was my parents' and advisors' directions as I was growing up. So at various points, I'll always do my kind of one-year plan, three-year plan, five-year plan, 10-year plan. And I'll try and do that annually with bringing in some of my advisors to do so and kind of map that out. And that was always on there. So I knew it was just one of those steps I was going to do at some point. Uh, and I think if I, I actually jumped the gun a year or two going earlier than I anticipated just because I was really ready for a change in terms of I had continued to learn a lot at where I was. It was an incredible job, an incredible opportunity. I'm grateful for having it. But I was not getting kind of the satisfaction from it, as I mentioned before, that I really wanted to. I wanted more of a human element. I wanted more of kind of like I'm providing something, I'm changing something for someone, not just going and dropping off services and then not sure if they ever get done or not. And who knows if it really helps anyone. It's not, it seems like no one cares. Yeah, man, that's uh, the human elements of what we're, you know, what people are trying to do, I think is one of the reasons that you know, people listen to this show, people are going to be inspired by what you're doing. It's because, you know, being able to create these things and use the time that we have, it's so limited, but to use it to a means that we're actually happy to do. I mean, there's so many people out there, as you know, who unfortunately are stuck doing things they don't enjoy doing. Um, whether it's because they have to to pay bills or even it's, if it's just because they're comfortable and they don't want to get, get out of that safety net. It's one of the huge things that I think if people were more willing to accept a little bit of uh, uncertainty in the short term, it would pay off huge dividends in the long term. And 
So let's transition into business school. So what was what were like, you know, the one, two, three major things that you took away from business school that you are still applying today with Mobile Muscle? Definitely. I, okay, so I think one of the biggest things with business school might not be something that we learned, but it's just the, I'm, and I think any schools and, or any kind of organization you go into is the network that you build and just building mm. deep, strong relationships uh, have been proven for us. Again, like one of our critical success factors. And where uh, did where did you go to graduate school? Uh, Darden Business School, which is UVA's business school. Okay. And we formed our company in our first year of business school four years ago, four or five years ago, and we got involved in an incubator, which is a business kind of incubation where you're growing a business, you're getting all the kind of aspects of the business kind of drilled down, get your, your vision, your mission, get your, you, you, I think better get us the resources to kind of having our legal finance, getting everything kind of set up. But the biggest thing that I think I took from school was in courses called design thinking and kind of lean startup and rapid prototyping. And it kind of goes along the lines of, you're saying that it's good for you to kind of like take that jump, but you got to take that jump, that leap of faith, and kind of do it pretty cheaply. Like I, we, I <laughs> made pretty. Uh, I went from a great job that provided very well, and went to not making money for the next three or four years, zero salary, and and trying to make a business kind of get off the ground and run. So, uh, some of our advisors, some of the things, you got to fight. You got to stay lean, and having more money sometimes isn't always the best thing because then you're not as kind of a lean, mean fighting machine as you could be. You're wasting cash. Um, so that was one lesson. I kind of went off on a crazy tangent there. but No, no, that, that's fine. I mean, man, that's uh, if there's one thing that you as a listener can take away is, I mean, starting lean is absolutely critical. And for anyone who's kind of uh, watching this uh, this new technology uh, world, this new you know app startup type of world where they talk about fail, fail early, fail often, and fail forward, it's exactly. like you're saying, you have to start lean and you have to get the prototype off the ground quickly and put it to market and see, okay, is this something that people are going to want to purchase or utilize or not? And if they do, then you can get going. If they don't, then you are able to iterate and kind of kind of move on to the next idea, right? Yes, 100%. And that's like the other big, I would say that's the other big lesson we learned from those types of design thinking. It's all customer centric. So getting out there early with your customer and not necessarily creating a product, we had an idea of what our product was going to be because we saw what the issue was on uh, military deployments, but we didn't know exactly how to design it. So it's not design and create something and then push it and sell, 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 like hard sales, sales to people. It's (laughs) go be with your customer, learn what they need, learn and build your product based off of that engagement. And that's the kind of the best way that we build our product and have been pretty successful doing that and continue to keep or that kind of feedback cycle and continual improvement and innovation as, as part of kind of a keystone of our company. Yeah, and so let's just cut to the chase. You know, we're talking about Mobile Muscle. So, how did this come about? You know, you said you started this in your first year of business school. I mean, right. it, it kind of share with us some of these conversations that you guys are having. How does this idea kind of come to fruition? And then, what are some of the first steps that you guys are taking to make this happen? Definitely. So, the first steps that we took is that, well, first of all, we all kind of simply we all liked each other. This group of guys that started this, or there's four of us that started this, and it started with a group of guys that were 
kind of fitness minded oriented, pretty athletic guys, former spec ops, former military guys, uh, as well as interested in trying to create something and do something in the entrepreneurship realm. And so there was an immediate kind of, it was an easy group to mesh with for us and we became fast friends. And as we were talking about our various ideas, we would just kind of meet, brainstorm what different ideas we had. Do we want to work together on something? Do we want to kind of each go on our own little thing and then like figure out which gets traction and we'll all kind of join together? That's actually what we ended up doing. Uh, and kind of had this real janky prototype <laughs> and went into, I mean, honestly, a, a, a pole and carabiners and kind of like sandbags that you would use for blocking a flood uh, and started doing some pitch competitions and just kind of throwing the idea out there fast, like you said, fail fast and just throwing it out there, see if it had traction, see what people thought of it. Also doing kind of a background business plan where you kind of do a quick behind an approach on the napkin and say, Hey, like, is there actually a market for this? We know the market because my other founders were on deployments and saw the need for it. We know that there's X amount of folks deployed. We know that the military is this size. We also know that there's a ton of other fitness enthusiasts that are boot camps, CrossFit gyms, personal concierge, like traveling personal trainers, those types of folks. So there's definitely a market for it. But how can we create this to match that? That's kind of what the further steps were along that first year and into the summer we were into an incubator kind of innovation lab. Yeah. And so, you know, you talk about these brainstorming sessions that you guys had. Uh, I mean, that's, that's been one of the most critical pieces to what we're doing at the Yield Mastermind. So if you wouldn't mind speaking really quick to, I mean, how important were those brainstorming sessions? And I mean, how much did you gain from them? Yeah. I mean, the brainstorming sessions, we still do them today because they're just so much fun. Uh, as long as, I mean, and there's different techniques that you, that we try or that we were taught and that we also try and make sure that we do, uh, when doing brainstorming, like things like saying yes, and never saying no, never not saying, but just kind of continue it forward. And there's some of the most enjoyable times and it gets your creativity going. Uh, so that's always uh, wonderful. So it's trying to figure out different solutions and different types of products. We want to continue to build new, innovative, and portable products that can keep our, our, our men and women of our military mission fit when they're deployed, as well as kind of bring fitness anywhere for any fitness enthusiast. Uh, so, I mean, it's always, we're always brainstorming. There's a thousand different ideas out there, but then it comes down to uh, execution. Yep, and, and execution is where we're going to go next. So you guys are in this incubator. You have these ideas. Uh, how does one go from just having an idea, you know, in their head or maybe written down, but how does one go from taking that idea and actually executing it? I mean, I think a lot of people have this uh, fairy tale idea that it's a lot easier to execute on an idea than it actually is. So, you know, what was that process like for you guys? And how did you go about uh, utilizing the incubator and then going out there and kind of creating this new mobile muscle that you guys are that you guys now have today, which is a far cry from what you just described earlier about the carabiners and things on the side of the bar. Yeah, I'll tell you, it wasn't smooth, to be completely honest. It wasn't uh, absolutely well done. It took way longer than we thought. We spun our wheels a lot longer. But uh, because of that, I can probably have some good insights into that, learn from our mistakes. Uh, so I think what we, we did for a long time is we just kind of 
went out and built built our own because we were trying to be lean. There's like there's a very fine balance of being super lean and getting things. We got a ton done for free. We got we hired interns that were getting credits at the undergrad engineering school to do stuff. But I should back up. First of all, it just took we did a ton of research. We learned mm-hmm. everything there was about barbells. We learned everything there was about manufacturing this type of equipment, uh, different kind of like bags that were on the market doing a competitive landscape and learning everything we could about those different companies and those different products. And then try to figure out a way to design what we were thinking uh, by talking to our end users, by the, the, the teams that are actually getting deployed. And that was extremely helpful into like going into the actual design phases and ideation of different things. But in terms of executing, it was finding strategic partners, honestly. And I know that sounds absurd, but we didn't do that for a long time. We just kind of kept trying to be lean and going into the engineering school and getting a lathe, like buying some barbells off Craigslist and <laughs> cutting them in half with a saw, like very unsafe things that we were doing, but I mean, like, uh, and try, trying to do it ourselves. And I think it took us probably six months of us spinning our wheels before, like, we just need to call, we just need to start calling people that we might even consider our competitors and just see, like, where they lie, like, what their practices are, what they think of this, and that's kind of what we did. We started talking to people that were top of the industry and building, have been building barbells for X years or building bags for X number of years and figuring out how to leverage what they knew and and seeing that they could help us, and a lot of those have become some of our advisors. So other than just finding strategic partners, what other advice would you give to someone who's listening to this right now who maybe has an idea that they want to execute on? Maybe they've been trying to execute, but like you, they've been kind of spinning their wheels for what they feel like is too long. What other advice would you share with them in terms of just just getting it done or what else could they do to to move faster on that? Yeah, I think it's just start selling, honestly. that That's what it, had, it finally came to us. We finally had some advisors come in and we were just reaching out to constant people, and we just weren't selling. We just kept trying to make the perfect the product. And I talked about that a little bit earlier, and we just kept doing more and more iterations. And at some point, like we were just burning cash, and it was cash, like our our cash, and like we were doing side jobs to pay for this at the time, as well as being in school or like using our savings, like liquidating our savings accounts to do so. And we just needed to start selling. And then once you start selling, just actually going out and providing what you're doing. That's easier for us because we're a physical product versus an incomplete app or service. Mm-hmm. Um, but just go out and make make sure that someone's willing to pay for that. And once you do that, that a lot of things become very apparent and what what's working and what's not for you. And so, just to kind of tie up this you know this whole story about Mobile Muscle. What are you guys looking to do next? What are some of the big things that you guys are working on right now? What's the big push at Mobile Muscle? Right. So we have been focusing on kind of the products that we patented. So it was a number of portable patented gear that we built specifically for the military. We've been doing that for the four years. We've also been providing uh, one of our other founders has been building the barbells for 40 years. So we're now also opening up a website to be kind of a little bit to offer some more commercially focused equipment uh still in the portable realm but we have some of our pipeline products that we've been providing just to the military that we're now going to kind of put on our website and we just are in the process of revamping our website which should go live next week uh and try and continue to grow that way so that we can create more jobs everything that we do is 100 percent made in the u.s that's sourcing that's who's building it that's that's every piece of 
piece of what we do. And we love to kind of create jobs and we're going to start bringing some sales reps in. And as often as we can hire and veterans, that's what we're going to do. And just keep some, kind of grow this company. And I think commercially is a good way for us to do that. We've secured our government distributors. So that opens up some of our, our bandwidth in terms of what we can do and manage. And so that will be the next step. That's awesome. That's incredible. And so as you were telling me or as you were sharing that story, I was thinking to myself, to someone who's listening right now and they trying to picture what you guys are talk what we're talking about, what you guys are selling, it might be difficult. So if you wouldn't mind just giving a quick rundown of, you know, how did you make a portable barbell? Like what does it look like? How does it work? If someone who's listening right now, I know I know we have uh, fitness trainers and we have CrossFit owners that listen to this show uh, in right. terms of others that I probably don't even know about. But what is this product like to someone who might be interested in getting one of these? Yeah, it's great. I mean, it's great. We have a number of personal trainers that have it. We have some hotel personal trainers that use it a lot. And we have a number of CrossFit gyms do it. For, it's perfect for beach workouts or kind of workouts, wads in the park. But the company is called Mobile Muscle. So Mobile is mobile barbell. So we designed a bar that's just as strong as your seven-foot barbell that you see in the gym. In fact, we'd like to think it's stronger because we use an incredibly high tensile strength on the bar. But the bar breaks down into three pieces and fits into like more or less, like if you imagine a trumpet case, it can fit into that if you want that individual. And you can put the two ends together. You can have a curl bar. You can put all three ends together, and now you have your seven-foot bar. But it breaks down into a kit that's less than 30 inches long uh but once you kind of set it up you're good good to roll and do all those functional movements that you uh wanted to do or you would have in the gym but couldn't take to the park without breaking your car window (laughs) (laughs) and we've we've seen that oh my goodness yeah so and it really is an incredible product and everyone listening please go check out mobilemuscle.com we'll be linking to all this in the show notes so don't worry if you are uh, having trouble trying to sound that out. But Michael, I want to quickly go into, we don't even have to do it quickly, but I want to go into a little bit more about you and, and how you've kind of made this business successful and how you and your partners are making this happen. So do you have like a daily schedule or ritual that you follow today? I know you said that you are very regimented before and being OCD um, and all that stuff. I'm sure you still have kind of this daily schedule or ritual that you follow uh, what does that look like? Yeah, absolutely. So I am an early riser and we got connect. So, I mean, I will work out in the morning around, I get up around six, six thirty, depending on when I went to sleep. And if I actually slept, uh, sleep is one of those, one of those things when you have a company, a lot of people, uh, that you got to support that can get your, your, your night demons, I guess is the way to say that, <laughs> uh, around uh, trying to get up at six, between six and seven, get a workout in. And what we've been doing recently is we got connected to a great group called Heroes of Tomorrow. And that is we offer personal training. So we're in Chicago. It's great right now in the summer uh, because we can get to the beach and do like a, boot, a boot camp more or less out there. And Heroes of Tomorrow works with any aspiring military or first responders. And we'll give free boot camps out there. So it's a great way to kind of be working on the business as well as like, I was going to work out anyways. Like, why, why not? Um, so that's a great way to start the morning. I already get like my, that gets my juices going because I'm interacting with some cool people, some people that are inspiring. And then I'll kind of get back. I'll make a breakfast right now. I'm in some crazy diet where I'm doing, I'm doing three meals, which doesn't sound crazy, but it's been crazy for me that I'm used to five or six. Yep. 
Uh, and so I'm a little bit regimented in where, where, what I'm eating, exactly what I'm eating. And then I just kind of go straight into what my calendar goes. And pretty much every minute of my calendar is booked between six and 10 typically. Uh, and so I'm just going from one thing to the next. Some are kind of working with blood developers. Some's working with sales reps. Some's with our, the ops side, uh, it's somewhere with kind of our partners. Some's when I'm traveling to expos or bases. Yeah, man, and and uh, I can't stress enough, and I'm sure you would uh, agree with this, the power of really scheduling your day, I mean, it really creates just a feeling of, you know, as much as, as much as we can call comfort, I mean, you know what's coming up next, and obviously things never go as planned, but right. to know what's going on and to have an idea of what your day is going to look like, to be able to be prepared, uh, I mean, really, I can't stress enough the power of scheduling and so, Michael, let's just go ahead and dive right on into this uh, rapid-fire portion of our show. So I'm just going to ask some short-form questions, and you can answer them as short or as long as you'd like. But when you think of the word success, who is the first person that comes to mind? Oh, let's see. It's going to be funny, but then it was just not. It's going to be too, uh... let's see what i got to go with. It's easy to say Apple or LinkedIn or something like that. But when I think of success, I honestly think of my dad. Mm. And I think that's true because, A, in terms of anyone looking at him, I think he was uh, successful in his career. But I think more so he's just kind of successful in life. He's just like a genuinely happy guy, genuine work ethic, and people love him. It's a pleasure to be around. He's happy all the time, loves his family. Uh, he's a good family man, so I think that would be who I think of it when I think of success. Yeah, I mean, hey, that's a great answer. All those qualities are qualities that I uh, I aspire and hope to have uh, in the future, that's for sure. Um, so do you have any books uh, that you would recommend to the audience? Yeah, I think I read one every year. It's called Leadership and Self-Deception, and it is a great book to read I think every year, like because it kind of gives you, it's an easy read. You can read it in a few hours and it reminds you of how you treat people. I think how you treat people uh, will basically determine how well your life goes and how happy you are as well, because how you treat people will then determine kind of how they treat you. And it just has simple, easy reminders and it kind of covers things from your personal life to your professional life and kind of your self-image and how you perceive yourself and then how others do. Fantastic. Leadership leadership and self-deception. We're going to link to that in the show notes for all you listeners so you can check that out. Uh, Michael, do you have any online resources like podcasts, YouTube channels, etc. that you would recommend to the audience? I think none of ours personally. I mean, we have blogs where even if you want a good workout, we got a workout on our website every day. But in terms of Kind of leadership ones. One I, one I like, uh, one I enjoy is Andy Frizzelli's MF CEO because he's just very raw. And I think he has a lot of good attitudes of not having everything kind of given to him before he started. And it's just kind of the idea of fighting and being really ready in what you do. And starting a company is, is very difficult. And he, I think he said something along the lines of like, the only time you, you can say you're a failure is the day that you decide to quit 
doing yeah. it. So I think that's a, that's a pretty powerful statement because well, I mean, we could have quit probably in year two, and I'm very happy that we didn't. Fantastic, fantastic. We'll link to that in the show notes as well. So, Michael, if you could only pick one part of your daily routine to do for the rest of your life, if you couldn't do any other parts of your routine, what would that one part be and why? And I'm guessing I already know yours, but but please share with us. I know, yeah, mine's going to be the workout. It's, yep. Because it's one, it's a, it's just kind of everything. It's my, it's my therapy. It's it's it gets my energy up. It gives me kind of the pheromones that are that are, are the endorphins, endorphins that are just kind of like push me through the, the day and like helps gets me jacked up to go do what I'm doing. I get have a lot of mind or self talk while I'm in that zone and also just getting a good pump. Yep, I'm with you. That's that's mine as well. That's one of those things that. Uh, I could never live without, that's for sure. Uh, so, Michael, we're kind of coming up to the end of the show here. Uh, if someone was interested in finding out more about you and what you're doing and Mobile Muscle, where can they go uh, internet-wise to search you guys out? Yeah, our, so our website's mobellmuscle, M-O-B-E-L-L, muscle.com. Uh, but you can always email me at michael at mobellmuscle.com. I'd be happy to speak to anyone. Fantastic. All right. So we always have our guests share one of their favorite quotes to end the show. So Michael, do you have a quote you'd like to share with us today? Sure. Let's see what I like. I like the quote that it's a guy named Jim Collins, did good to great. I came from kind of some of my time while I was in consulting and I wanted more of that human element. So I did a fair amount of nonprofit consulting uh, and it always resonated with me when I read it. And that's kind of what his book is about. But it's true leadership only exists if people follow when they have the freedom not to. Oof. I love it. I love it. What a great way to end the show. Michael, man, seriously, thank you so much for coming on and and sharing your time with us today. I know I've learned a ton, and I'm sure the audience has as well. Thank you. That was an absolute pleasure. Thank you, Philip. Yep. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We will see you next time. If you guys enjoyed that episode, please let us know. Find us at Facebook, Twitter, YouTube. We're going to be at Yield Mastermind on all those platforms. Check out our website, yieldmastermind.com. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, all those platforms. Please reach out to us. Let us know if you like the show. Let us know if you're loving the content. Please write us a review on iTunes if you feel the desire to. We really appreciate hearing from our audience and really understanding if you guys are loving what you're hearing or if you guys would like to hear something totally different. We're always open to that stuff. Thanks for listening. We hope you are enjoying this show as much as we are, and we can't wait for you guys to tune in next time.